So really, the the kind of premise today is uh, to find out a little bit about uh, you, your story, uh, and your kind of journey into boxing. And um, you know, I, I remember the last time we spoke. You know, we talked about um, you know the struggles you faced. Um, you know, with with license and th- and things like that to get into boxing, and you know, finally realizing your dream. You know, becoming a boxer. And um, I want to find out how that journey uh, began. So I'm going to ask you some some questions focused on you know growing up, early life. So I really want to know first of all, what was it like growing up? You know, some of the struggles you faced, and some of your you know general life, and 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 how how that kind of played into your mentality. You know. Because I know you're such a strong character. Of course, uh, struggles weren't very easy. Well, growing up in life was not very uh, easy. Because the reason behind that is um, my dad was an old school uh, Pashtun uh, uh, man. And he was like, when he had me, he was quite old. He was one of old school kind of traditional people. Now, uh, growing up in that kind of environment, obviously, we was not... um, we won the second generation of, you know, Afghan blooded Pakistanis, uh, if you think about yeah. it. And we were yeah. basically uh, brought up in a way that um, we weren't you We had two different lifestyles. Basically, when we were in uh, our home, we spoke a different kind of language. We had a different kind of culture, different kind of environment. Went to schools, there were two different kind of, you know, so different environments, different cultures. Obviously, getting mixed into other people, it took us a lot, a lot, a lot of time. We went through a lot of racist abuse too, such as you know um, things was being said towards which which was which was an everyday thing. To be honest with you, at that time, especially in the eighties, because I'm thirty eight years of age, you see, and um, in the eighties, you know, it was really, really rough. You know, uh, especially when you're living in a, a yeah. The main roads, people going past, and they call you all sorts. We used to go to the mosque, and you know, it was it was both very, oh, both very, very, very rough. Like every, more likely, every human being has been through ups and downs in life at that time. Yeah, I mean, absolutely, absolutely. I think you know, struggles are what what makes us. You know, today, you know, it's what builds our character, and it's how we, you know. How we learn how to deal with the world, you know, these kind of experiences make you a stronger individual. And you know, that's that's the same with 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 my dad. You know, whenever he speaks, he speaks from a point of of experience. That's because he, you know, he's faced the kind of struggles he's faced in his life. And and when I speak to you, I get that same you know vibe that you know you've seen a well, lot, you've experienced a lot. Well, when you think about it, right? Um, at the end of the day, it was uh, am I allowed to say anything I want? If you don't mind. Absolutely, brother. Speak off the heart. Speak. Right. Well, you know, the, thing is, really. the big thing is, I was brought up spoiled from my mom, but I was brought up really rough from my dad because the reason behind that is a lot of the other kids who were my brothers and sisters, they thought I could get away with it. And such as my dad thought, no, you can't get away with a lot of things. Which, remember this, right? In the, There's a lot of... Uh, when my mom was like, look, I can get away with murder. But my dad was like, look, listen, you know... Um, he busts my nuts there and then he said look you're not yeah, this, this is how it is and uh, it was how it was it was just how we played it and you know at the end of the, he knew what I was like because there was there was always something in me what, which used to he used to drive me in that mental way that listen you know do not cross me and you cross me then at the end of the day this, this is what you're going to have this what kind of punishment you're going to have yeah absolutely 
And the truth is, in one way, it made me the man that who I am. The truth yeah. is that's what it is. And uh, yeah. uh, at one point, for example, we went to the border side uh, back home where my parents come from uh, for four years. Yeah, I experienced a lot, a lot of things, which I don't, I won't like to talk about, which I seen somebody getting murdered in front of me over there back home. Uh, I was, yeah. a, I saw a lot, a lot of things, which I was not, uh, what I was exposed to, which was different compared to the country over here. What people, Absolutely. people have fish and chips over here. Some people don't have nothing over there. You know, it, do, do you know what, bro? I can, I can completely relate to that because you know. Um, especially for me when I was when I was really young, I remember going back home and seeing how life was there. And it, it's nothing compared to to what we have here. You know, we're so blessed because the people over there they they you know work so hard and so long for what, what little they've got over there. And and here I I feel like you know because our, our, our you know grandfathers and you know um, their relatives have worked so hard to yeah. establish something here. You know, we've got something. You know. So it, is, it was. It's a struggle. It's a struggle, and I, I completely understand that because I, I know what that lifestyle is like back home, um, and I know how hard the people work, and that's why you know Pakistani people in general have a really strong mentality, and and sometimes it needs to be nurtured, and and sometimes you know it's raw. It's there, like like with you, with yourself. I think you you know the experiences you've had definitely make you a stronger character, and and yeah. I, I get. I, I, I sense that when you when you talk, the way you talk and the way you explain things and the way you understand things as well. And uh, it does come across, brother, and um, yeah, it is a different kind of life here. And we are blessed in the sense here, you know, we, we don't have to, you know, work as hard as we would after work back home to have what we have here, you know what I mean? So we are no, blessed in that yeah, sense. No, I'll, I'll give you an example of uh, nowadays, you know, I, I, I've got, I worked for, I've got quite a few jobs. I worked in security, I worked in all sorts. And one day, yeah, yeah. I worked in a steel factory called uh, CF Booth, which was uh, in Rotherham. Yeah, yeah. Um, I worked over there, and you know, my dad was really proud of me, saying, Look, look he's going to my level working in steelworks. I only lasted a week. You know, I could see it in my dad's eyes. He never said this to me, but he went, I said, Dad, you know, I quit. And, I can see his eyes. He's kind of using the word "pussy," but he's not. He's not saying it because, and I'm thinking, "Oh shit, I've disappointed him in one way." But he, he like looked at me. He said, "Nowadays, lads can't do it." And I know what. To be fair, I'm glad he did. Wow, that was yeah. you know. I, and his, his job was apparently he was he was a World War Two veteran. Then he worked in the rolling mills and. He was another level. Even when he was, when he, when he passed away, he was ninety-five years of age. And I looked every time when I looked at his hands, it was like big as my face. You know, like it was huge. Yeah, working man hands. Oh yeah. wow, wow. Yeah. Um, was was he? Would you say that your father was one of your inspirations? Well, there was, well, there was a lot of things because the thing is, you know, there's a funny story about me. If you go on. Um, Type in www dot or type in Bahur Khan, which was the very first, uh, was known as the WWE, WWF Wrestling Federation Champion of Afga Afghanistan. That was my granddad's cousin. So, as Uzla and families, we all come from a wrestling kind of family background. My yeah. great, my granddad was known as they call it the Palawan. He was from the village. 
his cousin which went to the states he was the the american champion in wrestling uh, wow he, yeah he didn't have no kids he didn't have nothing uh, except he married uh, an american lady she he passed away and then she passed away and she said listen on her death she said bury me next to my husband that was a relative of ours we've come from a really wow. athletic background originally we come from that uh, obviously a lot of people say not his son such as my dad <laughs> yeah. none of us have gone to our granddads you see so yeah. that was one part of it so you know you talk about having you know the background you know the, the athletic background do you think that was one of the reasons you kind of um naturally you know kind of pursued boxing and, and these kinds of things because i know you uh from a previous conversation spoke uh briefly and, and you mentioned having some mma experience as well really interested to find out how that kind of came about as well of course of course the reason behind that is when i was a young kid um my brother sent me to judo and i loved the sport i used to love doing judo and I got fantastic into, yeah yeah I got, into, I got into japanese jiu-jitsu when i was uh eight years of age well actually i was six years of age and i hit yellow belt my very first trainer was on winter bank it was a gym down there which is broke down now uh a guy called bob and um, a very very uh good person towards me he didn't last for long and um obviously i went abroad and after and then when i came back the gym was no longer there um obviously i got into boxing after that the reason why i got into boxing is i i, I didn't know how to fight to be honest i didn't know how to fight but i wanted to fight because there was a lot of these bullying going off there was a lot of, yeah at that time of my 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 age there was a lot of drift between um Pakistanis and you know Mirpuris and then Pakistanis and and I'm sorry for towns and Mirpuris I do apologize and uh, and uh, a lot of drifts between you know whites and Asians and such as you know and there was a lot of these kind of like you're from this side you're going to get Actions. bullied it's yeah. a bit stupid in my opinion yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, I got into boxing because um, a family friend of mine was a cousin of mine called Amir yeah. Kilakar he was boxing for Ingles, so I thought, I used to talk to him about it, and I said, you know what, I'm going to be your rival. In my heart, I just thought something stupid. So I ended up going to Glen Rhodes' boxing gym, and it was not that the man taught me, the man told me to stood, stand up for it yourself. So I started standing up for myself and started training over there for yeah, a while. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, what, that's one of the first... Um... That's one of the first things you get taught is is self defense. It's not to you know attack someone. It's in self defense, and and it's interesting you said that because my roots into um, how I how I came to you know start boxing and start MMA training was you know I was I was bullied when I was younger, and um, my dad says, but I'm going to take you to um, an MMA gym, and and I said, oh dad, I'm not I'm not really interested. I I just you know he says. There's no easy way to fight off a bully, but if you know how to fight, you know how to protect yourself. And exactly. if you can't respect yourself, nobody's going to respect you. Exactly. And I remember the first day I went to that gym, I must have told him five or six times, you know, I'm done, I'm done, I'm tired, I'm tired, take me home. Brother, there was grueling. It was grueling training. We did some circuits, some bag work, and at the end of it, I, I, I'll be honest with you, brother, I thought I'm not caught out for this. This is a different kind of elite mentality. You need to have an elite well, mentality to do well, this. The crazy thing is this. When I got into boxing, I did it for a while. Um, 
And then I stopped. I end up like any human being does when you go up, you go into the bad crowd. I go into the bad crowd like everybody else does. And I started doing silly things. Uh, one day, what really opened my mind is, you know, one of my best friends got locked up. And yeah. I'm open-minded about this. A lot. My best friend got locked up and I was there with him all the way back to him up. However, yeah. one day I thought to myself, you know, I came on and... Uh, I was not right. I was taking, I was snorting cocaine. I was in stupid things. And, you know, if it hit my dad one day, you know, and he found out about this, it would have killed him. I was a crazy, crazy, crazy little bastard in that sense. I mean, I, yeah. I, I, doing, I don't like to speak about this. I, you know, I, I did a lot, a lot of stupid things, what I'm not proud of. And one day my mum looked at me, she said, Mamre, you need to change your life. So I changed my life. How, how I changed it is, obviously, I used to always watch, you know, things like, MMA. I used to watch things like that. I was a Frank Shamrock fan. I used to love (laughs) how we fought, how we did things. I I thought to myself, you know what? There's no MMA gyms in Sheffield. There's nothing like this. Was like the early two thousands and like nineteen ninety nine two thousand that time. I ended up going to Brendan Ingle, and uh, the first day I saw him, I bumped into three guys. One was Ishan Pickering. Nadim Sadiq, Sid, they call him, and Adnan Ahmad. And these guys, they looked, they, they yeah. were nice. They welcomed me with open arms and they were nice towards me. I never gave them no attitude. I was just, I was a little, yeah. I was a little street punk who came in basically, you know, I told Brendan I was Yeah. So Brendan, Brendan when she started doing these lines, which was a footwork of his, of his style, it was switch footworking. So I did it for a couple of minutes and he looked at me and he says, can I tell you something, lad? I went, go on. He says, your footwork is absolutely shit. And I just looked at him. I didn't know what to say. I didn't know what to yeah. say. And you know what? After that, that man took me underneath his wing. Uh, when he took me underneath his wing, yeah. trained, did the footwork every single day. I trained hard, kept my head down. I got introduced to an amateur coach called Val. She's John Bagley's mother. And you know what? For a woman coach, she was no nonsense. She yeah. met me. She says to me, said, I said to her, Val, could you take me on pass? She's the first thing she looked at me, she says, please would be nice. And I thought, <laughs> I should be taking the wrong side of her. Right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> man. Not, no, she, is, she, was, she was not a simple coach. She was one of the best amateur coaches ever, but one of the very first women coaches. She looked after me, to be honest with you. She started calling me respectable mum. Instead of Razor, instead of these nicknames, what I got. So I started training with her, had quite a few fights underneath her wing, did really, really well. Um, yeah. And you know what? I got, I got knocked down in one of my fights and she still backed me up. You know, she was good to Yeah, see, see, that's the thing. You, you need people in your corner who are going to be there to pick you up when you're, when you're down. You know, Absolutely. people just show you the guidance and, and, and that that's that's what's beautiful about this sport because no matter where you turn, there's always someone there willing to pick you up. And, and that's what, what I found with, with the boys at Riley's, man. Sorry, sorry to interrupt you, but you know, yeah, you know no. the with now, it reminds me of Val and all these people because there's a yeah, reason. Absolutely. reason. The reason behind that is when I... Um, when, when I... What happened was that one of my last fights, I... And I'm going to be honest about this. I lost that fight fair and square. But the, the, the young lad got robbed. I'm not going to lie. He got robbed. I started hating the sport. I'm thinking, you know what? I hate the sport. 
But we know why does this have to happen to him? You know, as much as yeah. what's happened, it's brought my heart with it. And um, I wanted to get into MMA, so I tried MMA. First time I met was Richard Peps. I got in contact with him, you know, on the internet. And he says, come down to my gym. I met him and started training with him. After that, I met Kayvon Fowler, which was a part of Sheffield. Yeah. And Sheffield, it was, and this was at the 393 Club at Hillsborough. I started training with them guys. And uh, a lot of these, uh, I had a fallout with one the Ingle, uh, at the Ingle gym with uh, Dominic Ingle because he found out I was doing MMA. And there was a lot more story behind it. Yeah. But going down over there, I started training with them. And uh, I started training at Glynn's again, at Sheffield Boxing Centre. And I spoke to Glynn. I said to Glynn, look, I'm starting to do MMA. He said, look, do whatever you want. I had yeah, an MMA, enjoyed the sport, loved it. And like I said, the people were very nice towards me over there. Uh, if it weren't for them, I wouldn't be meeting people like James Rayworth. Uh, I met people like, you know, good good people. Yeah, absolutely. And um, what happened was after that is um, I had an elbow injury in my last fight, just before yeah. my MMA fight. This is what it was in 2000. Yeah. In 2000, in 2007, I injured my arm just before the fight. I still went through the fight. And I, I had it done. I had a keel surgery after that, which was these little holes, what I've got, basically. Um, these little dots, these ones. And then after that, it was not never right. Um, I had some personal problems after that. Personal problems are such as, you know, I don't like to speak about it, but a few losses at my house. Um, yeah. Uh, but you know, and it wasn't. It, it was. It was going through situations that you know. It was. I was going through a struggle, and um, I, you know, I, I end up hitting sixteen stones. I wasn't looking after myself. I was going through a bad moment again. Um, that you know, dark. I was in the yeah, dark. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, and uh, I'm still working full time. That I was, but I was still doing a lot of bad things. And what happened was. After that is, do, do you think what, that's that's the moment when you kind of lost passion for fighting and MMA I, a little bit? No, no, it's not even that. I lost passion in life. I wasn't happy yeah. with myself. I wasn't happy with anything what I can I do because the truth is, boxing and MMA was my life. When yeah. everything started changing, because what it was, I went through a divorce and then I went through. After that, I went got married again. Then I had a few struggles with losing a few people in my family members. Yeah. And all that stuff. And, you know, I went I, I went through a lot, a lot of problems. And then, you know... Setbacks. Like, you just, like, setbacks, which kind yeah, of just stumbled your lot, progress a little a bit. A lot. And I was doing... I was doing, uh, I was doing 60 hours a week at work. I was working with a guy which you know, I was not happy with. You know, it was... It, you know, it was just people... Were, like, for example, I was working... Uh, with people which were selfish people who did not look after me and I was I was looking after them. You know, I wouldn't I wouldn't take yeah, care of I, I completely understand. I can completely understand. Especially in the in this kind of you know time, in this kind of period that we're in, you you've got to be so careful and you've got to look out for yourself because there's not very many people out there who have got your best interests at heart. There's a lot of people in the middle, you know, we call them middlemen. Because they, they no, want to suck no, you for everything you've worth and then, you know, leave no, you high no, and dry. I'm one, I'm one of them kind of Afghan uh, Patan guys. Patan is known as basically, they were known as warriors. And yeah. I'm one of the kind of warrior mentality I have got is basically when someone does something good for me, I will put my life on the line for them. 
I've always been like that, straightforward, what you see, what you get. I've never done a dirty one on anybody, but I've, I've always been up front. And it's it's like that old English uh, saying, man, you reap what you saw. You know, what you give is what you get back. If you give shit, you get shit back. You know, if you put time in with people, you get, that's what you get back. And I, I completely relate with that. And I, 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 it reminds me of, you know, because I did lose passion for fighting a little bit. And then I met someone called um, uh, Farhad Alet, right? And he got me back into kickboxing. He was such my, a lovely guy. The, the funny thing and, is, that was my school teacher once upon a time. Yeah, such a great guy, man. And I remember yeah. rocking up to his gym once with with, uh, with uh, my uncle. And my uncle said, you know, he's a really nice guy and he'll reignite your passion for fighting again, reignite your passion for training. And I swear, that guy is like a ball of energy, man. And so every, every week I used to look forward to them sessions with, with Farad and, and with, uh, with the boys training at AFK gym, man. And... Uh, yeah, they, 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 they're some of the guys that got me back into nice boxing bunch. and kickboxing again. Nice bunch. Very nice bunch. Yeah. What, happened, what happened with me was, after that, uh, my son used to go around telling people that my dad's an MMA fighter, my dad's a boxer, and here I am, 16 stones, like a fat slobber, whispering to school, picking him up. And one day we did a school walk, and I've got this on video on Facebook. I kid you not, I've got this on video on Facebook. Yeah. And I thought to myself, my son looked at me and my daughter looked at me and said, Daddy, you all right? And I thought to myself, what the fuck are you all right? Athlete, what the fuck is up with you? <laughs> yeah. What the hell is up with you? You're out of breath. Just walking up Wings Bank Hill with the kids. Yeah, absolutely. That, do you think that was that was uh, uh, that must have been a wake-up call for you, right? That must Absol have been... Absolutely. Absolutely. So I thought to myself, I need to change my life. So what I did was I got in contact with uh, Chef Yushu again. And they said, look, We've moved out. We've gone to a place called Body Flow. I'm with we're in partners with a guy called Shane and Dan uh, Dan Hudson and the guy called Medi Carus. So I met Dan Hudson. I knew Dan Hudson from the kickboxing days, well, Thai boxing days from Mick Maloney's. So he says, "Look, I'll introduce you to Medi Carus." Now, obviously, you know Medi Carus. I met him and we started talking, and he realised that I come from an Afghan background. He's Iranian himself, uh, former European. Uh, Commonwealth and British champion. He's he's yeah. not tedious uh, background. Oh, he put me he put me through hell for losing weight. <laughs> I, 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 I end up I end up hitting eleven stones and I did really really well. Uh, so I went up to Richard Peps and I said to him, "Look, which was uh, a part of Sheffield Shoe." I said, "Look, am I ready for a fight for MMA?" And he, it's nothing to do with him, nothing bad to do with him, but he was he had other fighters and he had his own situation going on so i thought about this and i thought you know what um sheffield shoe was not going to be a part of body flow they were all going to split up they were all going to go to different places so i couldn't go to you know to one gym to another gym and train and spend money. yeah absolutely so all of a sudden i ended up getting kidney stones and i was in pain i put weight on again it was not nothing so i was my i was past my 30s and after that um However, um, I thought to myself, I'll meet, I met Andy Marlowe and I started training with Andy Marlowe, doing my thing. And, you know, who, doing was, who, was, uh, who was Andy? Who was Andy Marlowe? Andy, Marlo, Andy Marlowe is the owner of uh, what's called uh, S18 MMA. He's a boxing trainer and an and MMA trainer. Uh, he's a part of the Hood Boxing Gym now. He's got his gym over there. He's got his gym all over the place. Yeah. But he's a very, 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 very good coach. 
was he was he a part of your weight loss journey was he a part of your recovery he's a part of a lot of things because he's helped me out with a lot of uh, getting my boxing back on track he helped me out back getting back into mma he's the one who introduced me to uh pop hayward um, <laughs> yeah another uh, great guy another great oh, fella you know it was uh i end up because andy marlow moved to uh the hood his, his mma gym is over there partly of it so I ended up going over there and I thought, let me take my son to, you know, Regan Denton's gym, which is uh, um, the Hood Boxing Gym. So when I took him over there, I saw speaking to Pop Haywood. And he says, look, you know, come over here, train with us and, you know, do your bits and the other. So he saw me and you know, I came down the next day and, I, you know, I was in the weight loss gym part, you know, training part in the mornings. I went on the bags and I did my superior bag work. I did everything. And Pop's looking, thinking, oh, he knows his shit. He's good at it. You know what I mean? So yeah. then our next to me, he says, oh, do you want to do a bit of sparring? Now, this Pop is, he reminds me of somebody from Ingalls days. There was an old man in Ingalls gym which used to beat me up. And this is, this was Pop too, the same thing. He says, get in the gym. I started sparring with him. I'm thinking, you know, what's this old man going to do? I'll tell you something, Pop hits hard, mate. I'll tell you something. He does hit hard, mate. He's got a, he's got a bomb on him. Oh, <laughs> he does hit very I'm, hard. I'm, Bless I'm, him, he's there. Uh, he's fit no, as a fiddler. No, and uh, hits I'm hard sorry, and hits fast. I'm sorry I'm going to say this, right? But I'm going to say it from the bottom of my heart. I thought, what's this crooked old man going to do to me? I'm going to... I'm going to <laughs> right? I'm yeah, yeah, man. You know what? He, he looked at me, he says, come on, hit me harder. And I'm thinking, what the fuck have I got myself into? <laughs> I'm like thinking, what the hell have I got myself into? And I'm like, all right, then I'm going to paste it on him. When I paste it on him, next minute he comes out with a left hook and a right hook, right in my stomach. And I'm thinking, holy fucking shit. The man can fight, yeah. No, I've sucked it in really well. He says, and he looked at me, come out with a right cheeky smirk, and he says to me, I got you there. And I'm thinking, suck it in, don't say nothing, carry on. <laughs> yeah. carry on, carry no, on. I, t- I, I tell you a cool story, man. They were doing uh, a fundraiser for, uh, I think it's uh, Bluebell Woods Ch- Children's Hospice, correct me if I'm wrong there. And um, yeah, he, I was in my trousers uh, on the top and he said, yo, jump in, do a round, we're raising money for charity. And I was like, you know, I've not done it in a long time. I jump in. I swear to you now, he hit me in the solar, right? I was dying. I had to survive the rest of the round. I was dying. I was in pain. And he said to us after, was that good? He said, yeah, yeah, it was good. <laughs> I was hurting so much. <laughs> I put on such a brave face and when I jump out of the ring, everyone gives a round of applause, man. Made me feel so welcome, man. But I'll tell you something about Pop. The guy yeah. is good as gold, man. And whenever whenever I've I've been down or or, or or I've been down to the gym, you know, to get my frustration out or something, the oh, guy's always been there to speak to me, that, man, that, honestly. That 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 gentleman is uh, he's he's my psychiatrist in one way. You know what I mean? He's always been yeah. there more than anybody else. And I will never change him for the world. What happened was with me after that is um, I spoke to Regan. Regan says, look, if you want to do amateur boxing, it's up to you. And yeah. I, I thought to myself, look, I'm too old for this. I can't do it. You know what I mean? He says, look, try it. So he put me with a guy called Perry Howe. And Perry must have been about, I think he must have been about 18 or 16. I'm sorry, Perry, but I think you must have been about 18 stones at that time. And I must have been about <laughs> 13 yeah. stones. Um, and we went inside there, and that guy broke my nose. He took me to 12 yeah. rounds, put a beating on me. But he's, I, a, he's I, a tough, I, tough lad. 
I never went down. I never went down. And he, this is this is a guy who says it to me up to now. He says, in my heart, I was thinking, I was going to give up because you were coming at me nonstop. And I was thinking, you know, because in my heart, I'm thinking, I've got so much experience. These new buckets are going to start on me. They ain't going to work with me. I carried on. I carried, in sparring, I called it yeah. went all out of me. He fucking went all out. And you know what? Every day we sparred and my nose was broken. He said, come on, my son used to look at me. My daughter used to say to me, Dad, you got beat on by Perry again. And she was like, you know, from there, me and him made a bond. You know, me and Absolutely. him. Oh, Absolutely. Me and him when, you, when you've been in the ring with someone and you shared um, that, that experience, I, I tell you now, you, you'll be friends with that person for life. Absolutely. I was at Ingle's gym, I made three four good friends, which was which was like I used to with every day. Muhammad Al Sarure, which is a brother who passed away called Sam Al Sarure on Wednesday State, yeah. uh, was a very good friend of mine. Even Sammy was a good friend of mine. Uh, Kid Galahad, which was Abdul Bari, which was a good friend of mine. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and I'll never change these two names at all. I've got my cousin Mia Killer Khan, which I love him to bits. But these two people, which was my training partners, I trained with them, and they always had my back at that time, was Jack Dexter, who's got a gym in Derby, uh, and the other one is Lee Duncan, who does his weight loss and helps people out with weight loss, and does a lot of good things. And he's, he's an amazing kid and a good guy. But with, 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 uh, with Perry Howe, I made this different kind of bond. We were like brothers. And uh, one day, the funny thing is this, he says to me, I'll introduce you to the missus. So all right, introduced me to his business. And it turns out to be my bloody cousin. <laughs> that is related to me. However, yeah. it's a small world. So one day, uh, Pop says to me, look, I'm going to get you a few fights. Look, just get your confidence back up and we'll get you into, you know, the, you know these white color things. And all these yeah, kind of absolutely. And you know what? To be honest with you, Pop even will tell you this. I went inside there with guys who had tons of experience. You know, yeah. tons of, some of them were former pros, some of them were former uh, amateurs. They had dozens of fights. Good pedigree then. was a southpaw, and he was, he, he was, and I'm going to say this from the back of my heart, I took it to him. And you know what? Yeah. He'd give me a few shots, but you know what? I took it to him. And he, he, that guy, you know, one thing is about me, and I've always said this, I go in the ring, I don't care what the judges think. I care about what that crowd thinks and I care about what he knows and I know what I did to him. Yeah. Right? Because I've been in, in, in ring with people like Perry Hours ahead of me. What is little midget going to do to me? I know when I went in the first time when I fought this guy and I went through him and I did whatever I did, I looked at the crowd and I said to this crowd, he ain't going to do nothing. I'll, I'll, I'll catch this guy and I'll beat him. They give it to him, they give him the fight. And you know what? In that mind, that there and there, no, I'm gonna say this. You know, I hope nobody takes this the wrong way, but this is how I mentally think. Because I went through hell in my life. And I think to myself in this word and how it is, whoever is gonna get in the ring with me, even now and even going on, is I'm gonna fuck all your whole life up because often of your nice life, often of your nice wife. Yeah. Whatever you've got, because you know, at the end of the day, they don't understand what I've been through, and they don't even understand what yeah, I've seen. Do, do you know that that's that statement? What you what you said there? That's what I, I like to call elite mentality. Because if you can't distinguish what you want against what the other guy wants, if he wants it more than you, he's gonna beat you. 
But if you come into the fight with that mentality that you're you know you're 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 the guy, you're the guy to to be, then then you know you've already got the mental edge because you're prepared, your body's prepared for that. Right? Remember this, my brother. It's not about it is about the crowd, absolutely it's about entertaining the crowd, but it's about my two kids saying, Listen, dad is my hero. Absolutely, man. At the end of the day, that your your kids that's, that's your what, legacy, right? That's all that matters. That motivation that my kids going around saying that he, my dad's a boxer, he was a fat slob, and look where he is now. When I had that fight, I came out and the kid texted me two days later and he went, Are you going to still carry on boxing? I said, Yeah. He says, How old are you? I told him I was 37 at that time. Yeah. He said to me, Bloody hell, I didn't even know. He says, You went, you know, the way you took my shot and the way you went for me. You're like a bull, and I'm like, you know what? You don't want to mess with me. Yeah, you know, that, that's a big to, thing. To, to be honest with you, to be honest with you, the first time we came down to the gym, and I, I think we saw you doing a bit of sparring and doing a bit of uh, bag work. Um, genuinely, I, I didn't realize you were you were anywhere over 35, right? I thought this guy looks so young and fresh. The way you were hitting their pads, bro, genuinely. Yeah. That when you told me you were like, you told me you're 37, I was like. Nah, nah, this guy's joking. He's joking, honestly. You look so fit, fresh, and fast. I was thinking, this guy is this guy is a different level, man. And I just quickly, I wanted to ask you because I know you've achieved your goal of being a boxer. You know, you had some trouble getting licenses in the past or, or for whatever reason. But what motivations and what kind of goals have you got left to achieve, um, in, in the sport of boxing? I want to, I want to understand what you've got left and and, and what you want to achieve. The truth, the truth is, right, um, my motivation in boxing is to be the hero to my kids, yeah. right? Even if I get a title, I'm not going to give up on it. I'm not, you know what? I said this to my coach because when I left the hood gym, I went with um, Riley's Boxing. Yeah. You know what? Pop Haywood came with me. Perry Howe came with me, right? They might have their own purpose of goals. But for my heart, they came and my team joined me. And you know what? I promised in my heart, it's not about promising my parents. It's not about promising. It's about looking at Rob Riley and saying, because that, you know, that, that man, he's yeah, a little he's top man. He's another top bloke. And you know, yeah. the, other one is, the other one is Gary, Gary, Gary Moore, which is another motivation. But I, you know what it is? Rob, Rob knows me very, very well. Rob says to me, listen, you can't do this. And then we know when I do it, He's like, listen, son, you've done it. You know, the truth is, I'm one of them kind of people. Listen, prove me motherfucking wrong, and I am going to prove you. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, man. Absolutely. Because I think it's that zid of that Patan thing, which I don't look behind, and I'm yeah. bored of all. Yeah. Like, for example, and I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna show off for all that. Is they put me when I came back to when I came to Riley's boxing, they put me through uh, sparring with quite a few good pros, and believe me. I put a few of them back in their place. No offense, a lot of them quit. And the truth yeah. is, when they quit, like last, this is the last time of sparring. What I did was I, I, I didn't like what I did, but I did. I had to do it, and I was fasting at that time. And I still sparred, and I did whatever I did. And a lot of people say, "Oh, you shouldn't be sparring when you're fasting." But I did. Why? Because one way it was a weight cut for me, and it's got me to my level what weight I am in now. Um, wow. And to video, what motivates me more, what's my goals? is you know a lot of people say yep yeah, you can be a trainer i do want to be a trainer i do want to be a coach i do want to be a part of this in the future but my main goals is 
to have that title and a lot yeah. of people say this to me look you know what do you want to do with that title that title i'm going to do two things one title is to pass it on to pop Hayward and say thank you remember this pop always says this to me you've done it all yourself but this is my belief and i heard this i went to the states once and i met a guy called guy mezger which was ken shamrock yeah. training partner and student he said once to me and he's a doctor now he says nobody i mean nobody gets nowhere with a helping hand even if it's you know kind words they don't need to notch at me every day but they're there to say listen you're doing it right absolutely i just want to I, i just want to take this time just to say thank you for for the interview thank you for your time yeah man you're welcome back on anytime and um thank you no no it's, it's amazing to meet you and keep up the good work one more thing i want to say um perry howe is fighting on the 18th of this month uh, and uh, james rare is fighting on the 11th of may uh guys don't miss it on uh on uh, zone, zone tv yeah zone tv and yeah. don't miss no it's gonna be fireworks because these two are my you know they've helped me out a lot in training i've trained with them they've one of my sparring partners some of them are but they are absolutely amazing up and coming fighters for riley's boxing and fitness and you know it's gonna be fireworks so i'm absolutely, gonna be there man absolutely up there buy your tickets and enjoy and it's gonna be a great venue at uh, dennis hobson uh, promotions